Welcome to another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I am your substitute host, Bill Berg. MJ Hammond is on date night with the Ice Princess tonight. Uh, with me tonight, Michael Trzinski, Del Scanlon, and Bill Berg Jr. Uh, we'll get right to it. Uh, Trasher is going to fill in for MJ this time, not on date night, but just going to fill in for MJ with our boys game of the week. Trasher, take it. All right, one MJ filling in for the other one. Uh, the boys game of the week last week was Notre Dame Academy at Madison Edgewood. And uh, number five, Notre Dame, and number nine, Edgewood. You'd think it would be a close game, and it was. It ended up being a 3-3 three three tie. They went in overtime, were unable to score, even though Notre Dame had a power play. And the Crusaders had nine shots on goal in the eight-minute period. Nobody could score, and it ended up being 3-3. Three to three. For the Crusaders, Jake Smaltz had two goals. For Notre Dame Academy, they were led by Jacob Conrad with a goal and an assist. Shots were 32-28 to 28 in favor of Notre Dame. So MJ got to see a, a good game, tie score, kissing the sister, but uh, a good close contest for the game of the week last week. Back to you. So last week he was kissing his sister, and tonight he's out on date night. Just really been a banner week for MJ. Uh, Del Scanlon uh, has our girls game of the week. Thanks, Burglar. I was supposed to attend this game on Friday, unfortunately, uh, ended up spending the day at the hospital with my father-in-law, and so we want to thank Tommy G of USM for actually being able to write up the story for us and get the inf- get some photos up for this game of the week. And it was a game featuring number one Hudson at number three USM, and it was a game that didn't disappoint. Hudson scored two goals. In the first period, they have a 2 nothing lead. One of those goals turned out to be a shorthanded goal by Natalie Miller. But USM came back in the second period, tied it up at two at the end of two periods while converting on a power play goal, and went late into the third period. And finally, uh, Hudson come out on top, scoring with 35 seconds remaining in regulation to pick up the win and stay undefeated against Wisconsin teams this season with a 3-2 to two victory over USM. Uh, the Raiders outshot USM 23-15, to 15, but as we said, it was a tight game between two of our top teams in the state. And with that, I'm going to toss it right back to you, Burglar. All righty. Thanks for that, Dell. Uh, moving right along, we have uh, our first listener question from Jeff Sauer. Uh, he said, he at, well, first he says, I can't recall seeing double digit wins in Wisconsin high school hockey, but I haven't been involved all that long. Then he asks the question, what is the panel's thoughts on winning by double digits? And I think we will start out with Junior. What are your thoughts on double digit wins? Well, there's a couple different ways you can go about it. In general, I frown upon it. Um, back when I was in high school, it was not uncommon. Uh, Anago was in the Wisconsin Valley Conference to look at the the conference scoreboard in the newspaper because that was the thing you had to do, 
and you'd see that you know Wasa West or Spash, uh, usually Spash beat Merrill or or somebody of that ilk, seventeen to nothing, sixteen to nothing, and I'm like that's just ridiculous, um, and I still think that that is ridiculous. If your game is that lopsided, your first line, your second line, probably even, unless you know you've only got a couple lines, they shouldn't even be on the ice. Um, and if your third line and fourth line are putting in goals, well, more power to them. There's, you can't tell them not to. Um, but in general, uh, I don't like seeing games like that. I don't like seeing giant, giant blowouts that way. And I think if you're in one of those, it's a good time to get your, your bottom lines a lot more ice time. I would agree with you there. When I see a score like that, I mean, not necessarily double, I mean, 10 to nothing, 11 to nothing, that's kind of getting up there. When you see a big win like that, the first thing I do is I, I go and I look at to see who scored in the third period. Um, and if it was, if it was, you know, your, your leading scorer, you know, scored three goals in the third period, including, you know, a goal with, you know, a minute left, then, then yeah, that's wrong. Um, if it's, Guys that I've, whose names I don't know and, you know, who are scoring their first and second goal of the year, well, then that's okay. I mean, you put the kids out there, they're going to play hockey, they're going to try to score. Yeah, you want to put your third and fourth line out there. I mean, and the score, the score may get run up, but on the flip side of that, I've also been involved with games where teams tried to do you know, everything but scoring. We have to pass four times before we can score, or we have to do this. And, and when you do that, a lot of times it becomes obvious that you're doing that, and it just looks like now we're just playing keep away and trying to embarrass the other team. You know, not just putting shots at them and beating them in hockey. Now we're playing fun and games with them, just trying to make them look silly. So, yeah, put your bottom lines out there. If they score... Then they score. You know, kid gets his first goal of the season. That's great. Um, if you see the, you know, the, your top scorers scoring late in the third period, then that's wrong. And I, I saw that happen um, several years ago, shortly after the Great Northern Conference started. Um, Anago had a strong team. I think it was Medford did not have a very good team. And yes, guys were out there. Um, because the conference is fairly new, they were trying to set, you know, scoring records for the new conference. Um, and the coach allowed that to happen. Uh, I, I, a lot of people weren't happy with that. Um, that guy's not the coach anymore. Um, but, yeah, put your bottom lines out there. You know, they still have to play hockey. Um, if they score, they score. Trash, you must have been involved in some of those games. Um, no, I never was involved in any of those games. But uh, the thing that I was thinking of was this was probably eight or ten years ago. The coaches were concerned because there were a number of these type of games happening every year. And I don't remember the exact number, but let me just throw the number 20. So over the course of a season, there were 20 games where there were double-digit wins. Um, they wanted to cut back on that. And I think over the next couple of seasons, they dialed it down to like half. And maybe now you see, I don't know, maybe half a dozen every year. Um, but I remember they talked about it at the coaches meeting and they made a, a pretty good effort and they were trying to figure out how to, to make it work. And I think they did a pretty good job. But the one thing that I think you 
you see a lot of used to see this like in in youth hockey too is when one team was so much better than the other um the scorekeeper would run the score up to nine and any goal after that they wouldn't put it on the board so no matter what the score was it was a, a nine to nothing game and i th- i've seen actually some of that i think um well, maybe I haven't. Maybe I have. I don't remember. But um, probably a lot of nine to nothing games. Uh, I don't think it's as prevalent as it used to be. But every once in a while, it just happens, and not much you can do about it. Now, I will say one of these games did lead to like the biggest highlight in Wisconsin prep hockey's whole tenure. Um, we got featured on Deadspin uh, in 2013 when Notre Dame Academy beat Manitowoc 26 to nothing. Uh, taking 103 shots. Um, uh, I'm looking at that article on Deadspin right now, and the only visible comment is the offensive part of this to me is that a prep hockey site is such a well-designed website. This is grotesque in a way I can't put my finger on. I am just certain that a prep hockey website should consist of primary colors and poorly framed photos. So, <laughs> you know, it's not all bad. The game looked bad, but we looked good. <laughs> Dell, what do you got? I'm along the line with uh, both junior and senior on this one that, you know, if it's a third, your bottom line's doing the scoring late in the game, you know, guys that aren't seeing much ice time, you know, you, you don't have much uh, complaint against it. You can't tell them to not go out there and play, but if it's the top, top scorers out there playing, then that's where you take offense to it. And, and the other thing is, you know, how, how this game, you know, got on the schedule. I mean, some of them can't be avoided, you know, if it's a conference game. And there are, there are certainly uh, highs and lows in every conference. Um, but one, one thing that they've done, at least in, in the Great Northern Conference, is that um, the top teams, if – I guess it's kind of up to the the, the teams, but the the top the, they can request um, like they only play the bottom team, you know, the the, the weaker teams one time, and the game counts for four points. Um, if if it's that big a mismatch, I mean, you have to play them because they're in your conference, but at least you don't have to play them twice. And that's one way of avoiding that. I mean, on your non-conference schedule, I mean, you should have a pretty good idea. Um, of who you're scheduling for your non-conference games, you generally want to, you know, schedule teams that are at least somewhat comparable to you. So you don't, you usually only see that in conference matchups. And if there's a way a conference can do it, you know, by, by limiting the number of games, then by all means do that. And that takes us up to our players of the week, our Radisson Madison players of the week. Uh, Radisson Madison's premier west side, or Madison's premier west side hotel is the Radisson of Madison and the official state tournament headquarters of Wisconsin prep hockey. Our players of the week this week are brought to you by Dell. Thanks, Burglar. Our players of the week, we're going to start out with the boys side is from Madison West forward, Drake Baldwin. On Friday, he had three goals, no assists, and a 3-2 to two win over Madison Edgewood. On Saturday, he had no goals, five assists, and a 5-2 to two win over Sun Prairie. And those stats are what led Drake Baldwin to become our player of the week on the boys' side. Also nominated for the boys was Ryan 
Van Blaircom from Amory. And as we switch over to the girls player of the week, it is Marky Ash forward from Wisconsin Valley Union. On Friday against Lakeshore, she had no goals, one assist, and a four to nothing win. And then on Saturday, in a four to one win over USM, she had four goals and no assist. And that brought Marky to be our player of the week for the girls. Also nominated was Maggie Henschler from Rock County. And that are our, so Drake Baldwin and Marky Ash are our players of the week from the Madison, Radisson Madison Players of the Week, Madison's premier Westside Hotel and the home of Wisconsin Prep Hockey during the state tournament. And with that, we're going to toss it back to Burglar once again. Thank you, Dell. That'll bring us to our second listener question. This one also comes from Jeff Sauer. Oh, when are the other rankings going to be published, and what is the calculation difference in these ranking systems? Does anybody know other than me? I don't think anybody knows other than you. I saw some emails go back and forth, but I didn't actually read them. I know what the difference in the calculations is, but I don't know when they're happening. All right, you discuss the difference in the calculations, and I will uh, try and fill you in on the rest after that. Well, I can't get into the specific math because I don't want to. Those are trade secrets by Mitch and Jeff. Jeff? Not Jeff. Jeff, yes. Yes, I can't remember people's names tonight. Um, Rock on. Our main uh, two other rankings are computerized rankings by U.S. High School Hockey Online and the stack rankings um, by Jeff Roshan, a statistician at Arrowhead. Yes. I, I wanted to say Homestead, and I'm like, that's not right, and he'll yell at me. Um, at Arrowhead, uh, they both uh, calculate strength of schedule, strength of win, all that kind of stuff, and come out with computerized rankings. Uh, generally, they agree pretty well, uh, but they do come out with differences. And uh, usually around this point in the season, we combine their rankings and our top ten ranking into one overall composite ranking, uh, which is probably the best of the bunch. Uh, more more information is generally better. Uh, so that's the difference in those. Uh, there's some other computerized rankings out there. My Hockey Online uh, does one, and we get another one from... Um, uh, a PhD from UW-Madison, uh, Matt Stevens. Uh, but I don't think we've gotten any of the computer ones yet this year. No, and I, I, I did send a question to um, Mitch Hawker, who is our uh, longest tenured power ranking uh, fellow and, and a longtime friend of Wisconsin Prep Hockey. <laughs> and um, he, he said, well, he, he needs the scores for that. And the, our, the the website that we have, as fine as it is, it's very hard to scrape scores off of it. Um, the way the way it's set up and laid out, and there used to be a way that I, I used to be able to uh, put kind of like a back end page that wasn't readily visible, but it was out there that he could go to and get the scores, and that wasn't functioning. Uh, that they changed the functionality on that. Um, every year, our host provider, uh, Sports Engine, uh, does little tweaks and updates to the the back to, to the platform overall, and things that we used to count on suddenly work differently. And 
uh, not in ways that we expect. But just yesterday, uh, as I was diligently, diligently looking for a way to get the scores, um, I found an export scores uh, feature in our back-end admin area, and I sent him all the scores, and he just <laughs> he replied back this morning that that's great, but there were three teams that don't match up with you know what's in his um, what's in his database because he's been doing it for a long time, and we may have mentioned this before earlier in the year, but uh, one of the things that Sports Engine did was allow teams to change their names and. <laughs> Now he does, now he's got three teams. He doesn't even know who the heck they are because they don't match up with anything that we've had on our site in the past. So I have to, you know, translate, you know, the new team names into the old team names for him so he can line them up with his database. But we should have that worked out and, uh, his ranking should be up either tomorrow or Wednesday at the latest. And then every Saturday I will send him uh, the latest scores and, uh, he'll update those. So we'll have fresh rankings, uh, every Sunday or Monday, hopefully in time for this, this, uh, podcast, uh, from him. And I did not hear back from Jeff Rock on. So hopefully I, I'll, I think I, I did, I did send him the same scores. So hopefully, uh, within the next couple of days, we will have the, Power rankings uh, from one, if not both sites, available and on our top ten page. So I guess nobody else has anything to say about that because nobody else is working on that. So there. Um, next up then is the unveil. Yeah. Power Rankings, the unveiling of this week's top ten. Take it away, William. Sure thing. Uh, boys, number one, surprising nobody, unanimous selection is Hudson. Uh, two, moving up is University School. Three is Superior. Four is Wausau West, uh, coming way up from the bottom half of the top ten. Uh, fifth is Eau Claire Memorial. A tie for sixth between Nina Hortonville, Manasha, and Notre Dame Academy. Waukesha is eighth. Stevens Point is ninth. Northland Pines cracks the top 10 at 10th. Uh, in my opinion, they should have been there sooner, but, you know, nobody agrees with me. Uh, honorable mention for the boys, Eau Claire North, Madison Edgewood, Marquette, New Richmond, and Waupon. Uh, for the girls, unanimous number one is Hudson. Two is still Eau Claire Altoona. Three is University School. Four is Rock County. Five is St. Croix Valley. Six is the Wisconsin Valley Union. Seven is Central Wisconsin. Eight is the Warbird Beaver Dam Co-op. Ninth is Cap City. And tenth is Bay Area. Honorable mention for the girls are Black River Falls, Fox Cities, and Superior. I I agree with you on Northland Pines. I had been voting for them. Um, actually, you know, ever since they beat Stevens Point nine to two, this they they just had some weird losses on their schedule early, but they seem to have gotten over that, and they've been on quite a roll lately, so good to see Northland Pines cracking that top ten. Silence from the rest of the crew well, means... Okay. Actually, as I was looking at the girls' side, uh, to me, I, I was actually expecting to see USM drop a couple spots this week after a tough weekend. Um, 
granted the game Friday night, you know, losing three to two late to Hudson, you know, that's not one that you'd expect them to drop from. But uh, the four to nothing loss to uh, Wisconsin Valley Union, I thought would cost them a little bit. Four to uh, one. Uh, four, okay, four to one, my mistake. But uh, otherwise, I mean, it, I I don't think I don't see too many surprises on the girls' side. Uh, Trash, you might know a little bit about the girls' side. You seen been able to see a couple of these teams play. Um, yeah, I actually was thinking along the same lines as what you were just talking about there. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. You you'd think, and this is this was my rationale, right or wrong. Um, usually if I have a, a teams that are, are fairly close together, like, well, in this case, I think there were three and seven. If seven wins by a, a pretty handy margin, usually three's gonna drop, seven will move up, not necessarily passing one another, but, um, uh, anyway, I, so I was a little bit surprised with that. Uh, it seems kind of odd though. To so surprised, so surprised that you even questioned one of our voters that still had university school at number three and said, did you realize they just lost to Wisconsin Valley Union on Saturday and, <laughs> yeah. and made them change their change their top ten? I didn't make them change it. They, they changed it after you did that. Yeah, well, that was a good voter then. You have to take games. It was games one game. It, you it was have one to take, game. You have, have to take in the whole body of the season. Well, what happened in the game one doesn't matter as much as what happened in game 15. Oh, we're back to the BCS now, or the, uh, no, it's a whole season, it's a body of work. Is it? Yeah, one game, one, yeah, Wisconsin Valley, Wisconsin Valley Union has lost to some lower ranked teams, so they're not gonna suddenly jump up over university school because they had one big game over them. Mm. They have one loss. Pardon me? They have one loss. Really? To who? Uh, I think they lost to Rock County. They lost so, to St. Croix Valley, and they tied uh, Sun Prairie. Or, I'm sorry, yes, you are correct. They lost to St. Croix Valley down at the Culver's Cup. And they tied, or maybe, yeah, it was one of the Southern teams. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, look at the the rest of it. I mean, um, Central Wisconsin, 7-7. Seven and seven, uh, Bay Area six and six, and it's the couple of five hundred teams. But there's really probably nobody in honorable mention that is, is that much better. Maybe I don't know. I I've given up trying to figure out these rankings because I don't I don't know. But I think for the most part, you everybody is probably where they should be. Um, and like they'll all tell us anyway. Doesn't matter what the rankings say; it matters what the last game of the year you play is. So, let's just look at it that way, shall we? Okay. Then why works. are we doing this? I don't know. Oh, ranking. It's fun. Well, it's it is. Fun. Gives banter, witty yeah, for banter, witty banter, or yeah. for entertainment my, purposes only. Right witty, on. Witty banter or mindless babbling. You make the call. Yeah. All right. Okay, so moving on to question number three from Egan Ahern. Which players in the Badgerland could surprise people and make an impact 
as the conference season winds down. And Trasher, I think you've put the most thought into this question, so why don't you lead us off here? Alrighty, I will. And actually, the way I did this is I picked one player from each team for various reasons. This is kind of just a fun exercise. We're, we're here to have a good time and give you a little bit of information, and I think we're doing both here. So the eight players that I have from the Badgerland are Cody Diaz from Nina hortonville Manasha. He's a junior forward. He scored three goals in his last five games, including a goal and two assists in a 5-2 win over Notre Dame at the showdown in Titletown. Um, I saw him play a little bit over there. He's a nice player. Looks like he's picking up the pace. I think he's going to help Nina hortonville Manasha. Uh, Fox City Stars, I chose Chase Hunter. He's a sophomore defenseman. He's got pretty good scoring, 10 goals, 3 assists overall. But he's good on the power play. He's got three power play goals. He's got three game-winning goals, and in his last five games, he has seven goals and two assists, so he's ready to get moving. Um, my third one is kind of a fun one. It's Malachi Buckholz, a sophomore forward from Wapan. Not a big scorer, but he's a solid performer for Wapan. Every time Jeff Sauer writes a, a game report, I always see his name in there for doing things. And I like him because he's named after one of the 12 minor prophets of the Old Testament. And in Hebrew, his name means my messenger. So maybe he'll have some good news for the Warriors this year. Uh, Grayson Mollick is my selection from Anim- or, uh, Appleton United. He's a senior forward. He's got three goals and ten assists. He leads the team in assists. And he's, I mean, doesn't necessarily look for the goal first he's a, a team player and he's he's doing well for them uh, for Fond du Lac Springs Keegan Lidicote a sophomore defenseman he's only played one game this year but he's probably got the, the greatest flow in the Fox Valley um, Fond du Lac Zach Wilson, I believe he's a brother of Michael Wilson, a former top player for the, the Cardinals. He's a senior forward. He's a big kid. He's 6'2", 220. He's got knack for first goals. He scored three this year, and he's also the, the penalty minute leader for the Fondy Cardinals. So he's out there scoring goals and and uh, doing a little work in the corners and uh, a, a good teammate for the Cardinals. Um for Oshkosh, I like Jake Courtbein, a senior defenseman. He scored three goals in the first four games, including two power play goals, and hasn't had a goal since. So he's due to break out for Oshkosh. And finally, for Pacelli, a newcomer in the Badgerland this year, uh, I chose Daniel Mitch. He's a senior forward slash goalie. And I can say that because... The last game, I think it was the last game or the two games ago, he played goalie in the game. He played one period. He stopped 13 of 13, so he got one-third of a shutout, if you're counting that. And he also scored a hat trick in the same game. So uh, kind of a rarity. You don't see that too often. And uh, those are my players that I, I chose in the Badgerland Burglar. Uh, what did you come up with? Well, I just... The, the part of the question was, you know, having to do with um, 
make an impact as the conference season winds down. You look at the Badgerland standings right now. You've got three teams at 3-0-1, uh, one team at 3-2, and another another team at 2-1-1. So this conference could go any which way from here. And uh, as 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 Bill Jr. always likes to say, this is his you know favorite conference because they – they play each other one time during the regular season, and that counts for seeding the tournament. And as we've seen in the past, this tournament, once it gets going, is anybody's guess. Um, it's always a fun tournament to go to and the seeding. So you look at all those teams that are kind of all bunched up there together, and I just kind of looked at some of the guys, not guys who could surprise people, but uh, mine was more like guys who have surprised me so far. Uh, and I start with, uh, Brady Welch, uh, freshman for Fond du Lac Springs. Um, I think we all know his brother. Um, but as a freshman, you, you don't, you don't generally expect freshmen <clears throat> to contribute the way, you know, he has already this season, uh, with 14 goals and seven assists in, in 14 games. He's off, he's off to a great start, um, as a freshman. And then looking at um, the Fond du Lac Cardinals, who are up there also, Caden Carlson, he's a sophomore, um, played a little bit last year as a freshman, but right now with eight goals and eight assists, he's one of the, the top scorers in the conference this year. Um, and again, you know, so making a huge step from freshman to sophomore, Caden Carlson. Uh, Nina Hortonville, Menasha, also up there. Uh, an older, uh, Owen Engel, he's a junior already this year, um, but he's, he played some as a freshman, he, you know, regular shifts as, as a, as a sophomore, but only 11 points total as a sophomore. And he's already got 16, you know, halfway through the season so far this year. So he's, uh, made a huge jump from his sophomore to his junior season. And then we come to a, a senior for the Fox City Stars. Fox City Stars, one of those teams that's 3-0-1 right now in the conference. And I look at Zachary Bishop, um, who is a senior there, and he's already halfway through the season. He's already matched his his high his point total from last year. Um, he had 14 points as a as a sophomore, 15 points as a junior, and he's already got 15 points as a senior. So in his senior year, he's really stepped up his game. And uh, Fox City Stars, like I said, one of those teams at 3-0-1 in the conference. And any of those teams could end up winning this conference. And I think each of these guys is going to have a huge say in how that goes. Burglar, there's one additional note on that conference. And that would be that Nino Hortonville, Menasha, and Wapan tied last week after overtime so the game for WIAA purposes is a tie, but for conference purposes, they had a shootout. Oh, and that's right. I forgot about that. Wapan won that shootout, so they have just a wee bit of a lead over those other two teams right now. So we'll see how big that plays into the the finish uh, in the well, Badgerland. Well, actually, if you look, um, I think, Hopefully they got it right because one of the things that Sport Engine did this year, actually they did it last year too, that we can add points to the conference standings. And see, I don't know that, yeah, all of these have one for the 
time. I'm going to have to go back in and see if these were all adjusted for that because right now it looks like each team has one point for the tie, and that should not be that way because, um, yeah, I'm going to have to go back in and double-check because you, you the, the team that won the shootout should have an extra point and the team that lost should not. Um, that's something that was supposed to be available this year, but looks like it might not be working quite as we expected because right now it just looks like three points for a win and one for a tie, and that's not how it's supposed to be. I I don't think that anybody did any. I uh, I, I, I did. I did. Oh, it you for, did. Um, I did it for. What game did you just say? Nina Hortonville, Nashua Pond. Yeah, I did that. Oh, I, I, okay. I adjusted that one, and it huh. seems like, it seems like it has reversed now. So I'll have to go back in and see if I can do that again. All right. And make it stick this time. Sweet. And look okay. at uh, Colin Ahern from Springs. He's been their starter for four years now, um, going back to a freshman when he played 977 minutes, which is pretty good for a freshman. Um, his save percentage as a freshman was 871. Sophomore, 879. Junior, 909. And now as a senior, 939. Uh, he didn't have any shutouts those first two years. He had one his junior year. He's had four already this year. Um, so Collins made a, a big step up in his progression as a player in the net for Springs. Yeah, but you're saying that as as like a surprise. I mean, we all expected that. Didn't we, Trasher? Well, we, we, did. saw the, we, we, we saw the potential. We've we've seen it in goalies. Egan Ahern <laughs> asked the question, so I figured I should mention Colin Ahern. A distant cousin? There's like 200 Aherns. That's okay. All I know. <laughs> all right. That leads us to our upcoming games of the week. On Tuesday, Dell, where are you going to be going on Tuesday, Dell? I will be making the trip up the road to Black River Falls to watch the St. Croix Valley Fusion and Black River Falls play in a game. And St. Croix is in our top ten, and Black River Falls is an honorable mention team now. Alrighty, so you'll be taking pictures and writing up a story from that. And on Saturday... Trasher, what are you going to be doing? Or, man, sorry. What was his name? Not Trasher. Whose name? Adele's, Adele's email. Thatcher. 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 Thatcher, what are you My going to be doing? <laughs> That's his son-in-law. Yeah. Uh, hey, Thatcher, where are you going to be on Saturday? Yeah, I'm going to head over to the western part of the state and watch Waukesha and Hudson. Um, a little backstory on this, just for information's sake, is... One of my co-workers, his nephew plays for the Waukesha Wings, number 65, Tommy Sanchez. So he wants to go over and, and see Tommy play against some top competition over there. So it should be uh, a really good game. And uh, it's going to be a kind of a tough, tough test for Waukesha because they have to play, I believe, Notre Dame Friday evening and then... I don't know if they're going to stay overnight wherever they are and then drive over in the morning or if they're just going to get on the bus and go over that night. So uh, they got uh, a little bit of a journey here, I believe, for them in a, in a short period of time. So bus legs, 
could possibly be an issue here. But um, I'm expecting a good game. Waukesha has played very well. Garrett Larson is one of the top goalies in the state, and we all know what Hudson's done this year. So I think it's going to be a pretty good contest either way. Okay, you say the western part of the state. Is Hudson really like as far west as you can go in Wisconsin? Yes, sir. The, I believe the city limits butt right up to the St. Croix River. So well, I mean, I, I, I know there's there, there, there's a lot oh, of cities on oh, the border, oh, but I think no, that's as far no. west as Wisconsin extends. No, I think north of that, it, it goes a little bit farther to the west, I believe. Yeah, oh, I think it looks like north of that, it goes back towards the mm, Maybe it's my vivid imagination. But it's pretty far west, I okay, guess. Okay, north of it, it does go out just a little bit, but there are no cities there. In, uh, Grantsburg. Part of Whistle Flag. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Grantsburg's west of. Do some GPS. Whether who's farther west, Grantsburg or Hudson? Looks like Hudson to me. Anyway. All right. So we're pretty far west. Uh, yeah. Either way, it it'll be a nice trip and it should be a good game. Should be. Um, final thoughts, William. You had something? Yes. Uh, Savvy visitors to the site will notice that our normal state tournament donation button is back up on the homepage. It is that time of year again. The state tournament is two short months away. Um, so if you don't want to donate on a monthly basis with Patreon, you can always donate to our PayPal as we've done every year. Um, you get a thank you from us, uh, and that's about it. But uh, you do help us cover this. Um, our ads on the site do cover site expenses, but every game that these guys go to, um, you know, all that stuff, all our time at night entering scores, entering score sheets, fixing stuff, uh, that's all out of pocket. So uh, anything you can offer will help us, uh, especially defray the cost of the state tournament. I assume once again we will uh, broadcast audio of any game that doesn't have an audio broadcast of its own. Uh, usually that's games in the Madison and Milwaukee area. Those teams don't really have radio broadcasters anymore. Uh, so any game that doesn't have an audio broadcast of its own, we will be there for. Um, so uh, you can help us defray that cost to the WIAA as well. Yeah, looking at if you look at our our, our top ten, uh, you know, as a maybe a foreshadowing of teams who might end up there. Um, you know, university school, they would not have a radio broadcast. Uh, Nina Hortonville, Manasha, I don't believe they do. Uh, Notre Dame does not. Uh, Waukesha does not. Madison Edgewood does not. Marquette does not. Um, yeah, so, you know, if any of those teams end up playing up, playing against each other, then we'll, Dust off MJ and have him do some play-by-play for us. Dust for which, him. of course, the, w, the WIA will, will charge us a, a handy fee. Dust him off, liquor him up, and put him in front of a microphone. There you go. Anybody else? Final thoughts? Yeah, I got a final thought. Um been saying this for the last couple of weeks. Um, the Hobie Baker Character Award 
um, nominations are uh, um, expect not expected, but um, there there's forms available. Uh, Jim Hayes of the the Hobie Baker Foundation has uh, been sending emails to coaches on a weekly basis, um, and yeah, basically every team should have a winner. So. Coaches, please nominate your your worthwhile players, and let's try to get as close to 100% as we can on this. Normally, we're around 60-70%. Um, it's a huge honor. It really means a lot to the kids. It looks good on a resume. Uh, nominate a kid so he can win this award. And also, coming here before too long will be the is it American Family Insurance yet Player of the Year award. Um, WHCA, Wisconsin Hockey Coaches Association. So the player of the year, uh, the nominations are going to start filing in for that. And, uh, so we got a couple of, of great honors there. Um, and really look forward to seeing who the, uh, eight finalists are on that player of the year award. And that's the nominations are going to begin here before too long. And we should know in about five or six weeks so um getting down to the nitty-gritty time like junior says state tournaments only two two months away not even probably seven weeks so the season's winding down it seems like it just started and it's past the halfway point so um a lot of good stuff going on guys and for the coaches uh in addition to that uh hobie baker award we have the Adam Burrish and Molly Engstrom Awards, Dell, is that what it is? The Rachel Bible Award. Rachel Bible, okay. Molly Engstrom um, is what, a defenseman? Our defenseman okay. award for the girls, and we're going to be sending some information out about that to the coaches to remind them to get in their nominations here within the next week or two so they can be having them in by the end of the month. Because by the time we get everything done and wanting to make sure awards are ordered, so they're here in time for championship Saturday and the presentation over at, I believe, is that called Jingles now or is it the Coliseum Bar? The Coliseum Bar and Conference Center. And Conference Center. Conference, we have a conference center. We don't go at the bar. That would be tacky and... Classes, at, but at 9 a.m. Upstairs, we do it. Yeah. We, we might need to start drinking at 9 a.m. You never know. Nah, we won't. We're just kidding. We'll have all sorts of good stuff like water, coffee, orange juice, apple juice, all that kind of good stuff. So looking forward to it. It's always a good time. It's always nice to see all the parents and players and fans there. We actually get quite a few people in that room upstairs. Uh, very, very good thing for the kids. And Reyes and coaches, it, it doesn't cost you anything to nominate anybody for the Hobie Baker Award, the Rachel Bible Award, the Adam Birch Award. All it takes is a little bit of thought and write something down and send it in. So, and of course, it, well, that's if it's good stuff. It's, if it's hate mail, that obviously goes to trasher at wisconsinprephockey.net. As always. Anything else, guys? No? All right. That brings to a close to an MJ Hammettless this week in Wisconsin prep hockey. Uh, remember, keep your sticks on the ice. Good night.